Hey y'all, today we're going to talk about something that everyone wants to know and nobody wants to do anything about. So what we're talking about today is how to find clients that actually pay you pretty well. And this is the part of the process where I see a lot of drop off. If you've managed to power through the writing samples, if you've managed to power through the hangups about your website, and now it's time to try to go find some work, this is where there is a major drop off because this is the hard part. This is the really hard part. This is the part that is risky. This is the part where you're putting your neck on the line. This is the part where you get rejected. <laughs> this is also the part that requires real effort on your part. This is the part that gets demoralizing. This is the part that's not very much fun um, for a lot of people, at least. Some people think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I think it's fun, but for a long time it was like, I have to do this even more and I don't think I want to. <laughs> Ultimately, I did keep going because I knew that freelance writing was what I wanted to do. And if freelance writing is what you know you want to do, you have to do this part. This is the part where you are pitching. It's the part where you are drumming up work, where you are going out and you are finding the clients. There is a lot that you can do that is um, less uh, outbound and more inbound, but inbound marketing typically takes a lot longer to pay off. So um, what I want to share with you is just a couple of the strategies that I teach in my client bound course. I'm not going to have time in one 15 minute episode <laughs> to really go super in depth, but I'm, I want to give you a, a kind of a broad overview of the things that have worked for me and the things that I've seen work really well for other people. So the first thing I want to share with you is called attraction marketing, where basically what you're doing is you're going out there, you're putting yourself out there. Um, and you are basically sort of letting it be known that you are a writer and that you have a valuable point of view and that you offer a valuable skill and you are um, doing this in the places where your clients hang out so that they see you and they notice you and they come to you. So this is considered an outbound strategy, but there's actually a lot of um, activity on your part that goes with it. So it feels sort of like um, it, it has like the work of the outbound but the structure of the inbound. So what attraction marketing really looks like in practice is number one, you set up your Facebook profile, your actual profile page to be as public as you can possibly stand it, which I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with. Um, if you don't want a public profile that anyone can see when they visit it, then you need to have some posts on there that you set to public. The kinds of posts that will be interesting or at least not off-putting to your prospective clients nothing political, <laughs> nothing religious, unless your client is a specific political affiliation or um, religion. If that's your niche, then go for it. Um, make sure that you have interesting, thought-provoking things that they can see when they visit your profile. The next thing you do is you set up a business page. If you really want to keep your profile on lockdown, then it is critical that you set up a business page. And I recommend that you name your page the same as your whatever your work name is. 
Um, my business page is set up as Ashley Gaynor. That's actually not my name. Um, it's my maiden name. So my first name is Ashley. Gaynor is still technically legally my name. Um, but I have another last name also, which is Lankford. <laughs> so people who know me for real know that my real last name is Ashley Lankford, but I answered both. I was Ashley Gaynor for a really long time and I still am that person. Um, and it is still legally my name at least in some sense. So I recommend that you use your business page, especially if you want to keep your Facebook page, sorry, profile on super security lockdown. Um, and then what you do is you go into Facebook groups where your ideal clients are hanging out and you do what we call providing value. And that means that you're answering questions, you are offering resources, you are looking up solutions and providing them and that kind of thing. You are not spamming you are not doing self-promo, you are simply offering answers and information, what we call value. And when you are able to, you sort of mention that you're a writer, if it makes sense within the context, you don't even have to do that. And what happens is people see you and they get curious about you and then they click over to your profile, which is why I want you to have things on your profile that people who are not your Facebook friends are still going to be able to see. And ideally, these things on your profile are going to point to your writer website. They're going to make it clear that you're a freelance writer and in all of those things. Now, some groups let you play in there as a page which is why I recommend that you use your page as your name and then try to get into Facebook groups using this page instead of your profile. So that's that's a very broad strokes overview of attraction marketing. That is how I've landed a, a, an interesting <laughs> amount of work. <laughs> um, it's only something I've employed in the past maybe year. So over the 10 years of my work, it's not been the the most tested, but it is pretty cool. I mean, I've had a lot of good leads from Facebook. I just had a discovery call today with someone who found me on Facebook. So so that's a good thing you can do. And um, it's the kind of thing that fits into your daily life anyway. You're going to be scrolling the feed anyway. You might as well be doing it for work. Um, another thing that works really, really well, and a lot of people don't like it, is cold emailing. A lot of people avoid cold emailing and they go to the job boards, which have really just become cattle calls with thousands and thousands of writers vying for the same positions um, because cold emailing is hard. And cold emailing is hard and it feels risky because it's the kind of thing that would irritate us. But if you do it right and if you do it with the right people, then the thing you need to understand is that what you're doing is solving a problem. Your emails are not an intrusion. They are, they are a welcome solution. So keep that in mind as you read stuff about cold emailing. Now with cold emailing, there's a certain amount of volume that you have to keep up with it. You can't just send five emails and get a month's worth of work. You, um, you know, I think when I was cold emailing, it was like one out of every 20, I think, was turning into a lead. And now there are some things I could have done better to optimize it, but even one out of 10 is a pretty typical. Actually, well, I would say one out of 10 is pretty good. Um, yeah, so cold emailing, it, it takes some effort, but you can do it right and it can lead to tons of work. I was reading something that somebody wrote recently, I think it was on Copy Hackers, where they sent, I think it was somewhere in the ballpark of 350 cold emails and they had more work than they knew what to do with, like really high paying work, really good work, more than they could handle. So 
I mean, on the one hand, it's like 350 emails is a lot of emails. On the other hand, if you think 350 emails, that's, you know, approximately 10 emails a day, then in the next month or two, depending on how many of these days you're working, in the next month or two, you could have more work than you know what to do with. Which is, you know, going from zero to full docket in two months is pretty good, if you ask me. (laughs) So don't write off cold email just because it's scary. The other thing I will tell you about cold email is that it gets easier. The first one is absolutely terrifying. The second one is still pretty scary. By the third one, you're kind of like, well... I'm pretty nervous, but I'm just going to send this because it's what I have to do. I mean, seriously, by the time you get to the third one, if you can push through the discomfort and just get to that third email, it is so much easier. And then eventually you're like me and it's like, blah, 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 email. <laughs> so um, yeah, cold email. So we talked about attraction marketing on Facebook. We talked about cold emailing. And then the other thing I want to talk to you about is referrals. Referrals can come to you pretty quickly if you're doing that Facebook thing. Um, I've had a good amount of work come to me from people who knew of me on Facebook. And they're like, oh, you're looking for a writer. Here, talk to my friend Ashley. Um, Referrals can... Actually, my very first job was with someone I met... I can't remember if we met online or... It was through Facebook somehow... I don't remember exactly. It was through Facebook somehow, but we actually had been emailing. We like went off of Facebook into email because it was like he posted about an event or something that I wanted to attend. So I emailed him directly. This was back. We met in like 2008. (laughs) This was a long time ago. The world was a lot different back then. Um, Anyway, we're still in touch with him or I'm still in touch with him. Um, Anyway, yeah, that was my first client came from more or less came from Facebook. So, um, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is your um, referrals come from your contacts. They come from people who know who you are. So referrals can come to you from your, your friends, like people you know in real life, from your uncle who works in IT. They can come from your seventh grade English teacher. They can come from somebody you know, like at church. I had um, work referred to me by a landlord one time. That was interesting. I got a couple of books out of that. Um, like I was, I was editing books and I edited a couple of book manuscripts as a result. I don't think anything ever happened with them, but anyway, um, yeah, for my landlord, um, another source of referrals is going to be your clients. So people you work with, you can ask them if they know of anyone else who can benefit from your services, or you can ask them to, um, spread the word about your name. And say, so t- traditionally a referral is, hey, give me the names of people who I can help, who you know. And so then you get the names of their friends and then you go to the friends. But the way I like to do it is say, hey, do you know anyone who um, needs freelancers? Um, and if so, would you mind connecting us? Or I can go to them directly if that's easier to you, easier for you. It's it's better for me if I can get an introduction. Um And also, I'm sort of like I'm asking them almost permission to go to their friends instead of saying, give me this info. (laughs) It's, would you mind sharing this info? Do you think I can help your buddy? Um, Yeah, so that's referral network. So your in real real life people will get to know you. Your Facebook people are going to get to know you and send work your way. Um, And then um, people who you've worked with is another great source 
of referrals. And then I'll tell you, this is kind of a minor thing, but I think it's worth mentioning. I um, hand out job leads. My client docket is full right now. So whenever I get leads for new projects that I either can't take or they're not right for me or whatever, for whatever reason, I'm not taking this work. What I do is I offer these leads to the people in my coaching group. So if you are interested in the coaching group, then I recommend that you send me an email directly. It's kind of a, it's not something I really advertise a whole lot, mostly because I just don't have a big fancy sales page built out for it or anything, mostly because because it's a subscription, it's a monthly subscription or an annual subscription, it gets complicated <laughs> with ClickFunnels and I haven't figured it out yet. So it lives on Teachable. Um, you can go straight to ashleygainer.teachable.com if you want to, um, or just send me an email and I can give you more info and see if it's the right fit for you. Okay, so those are three of my favorite ways. Those are actually the primary ways that I have found work. I found it through referrals. I found it through being present and known on Facebook and soliciting or like generating interest that way. Um, and I found it through sending cold emails. Those are three things that worked really well for me. And um, those are just three of the many, 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 many ways that you can find great, high-paying clients who value what you do, who are not trying to scam you, who are not going to rip you off, who are not going to ghost you <laughs> or otherwise mistreat you, and who you are not going to find in the job boards or on Upwork. This is There is so much better out there for you, and this is just sort of a peek at what that might look like. And as always, if you have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, I'll talk to you next week. I have kind of an interesting one. We're, do we're doing a little bit of a departure next week. <laughs> hey, did that sound good to you? If you want to learn more about finding freelance writing clients who are going to pay you well, pay you on time, give you recurring work, and make you really, really happy <laughs> to be a freelance writer, then I have something for you. It is called Client Bound. It is my new course on how to find freelance writing clients. If that sounds good to you, then I recommend that you go to copychatter.com slash clients and check it out. And hey, there's one more thing. If you like Copy Chatter, if you listen to this podcast every week, and if you feel like it has helped you, would you mind leaving me a review um, on iTunes or wherever you're listening? That would be really helpful for me, and I'd really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and I will see you all next week.